Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you'll find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows to do the same. This is not a grief group. This is your journey, and it just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of your loss. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of the book, Widowed, and of The Widow Coach. I'm also a professionally certified life coach. Let the healing and the personal journey back to who you are begin. Welcome back, podcast listeners. I hope you've had a great week. I want to talk today about owning your negative emotions. You know, in my um, year-long mentorship program I have for my certified widow coaches, uh, many of them go on in this mentorship program to build a business and take coaching even deeper. And we've been talking about the power of emotions. And we've talked about owning negative emotions. And so I want to share that with you today. Um, like, are you excited? We're going to talk about feeling bad. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> Can't wait to talk about that, right? I think it is such an important piece that kind of goes unsaid a lot in life coaching and especially with widows, but it's so important. It's such an important piece of handling your grief being able to move through this has a lot to do with the ability and the willingness to feel negative emotions. For most of us, it can seem difficult and we're really resistant to the hurtful feelings. And I see this. I see this when I coach my students. Um, they get really uncomfortable when we are getting into a thought that just makes them feel really awful and they get squirmy and <laughs> they like all of a sudden it's like, wait, don't coach me on this. And I know that I have so been there before with my own coaches where all of a sudden I'm like feeling prickly and squirmy. And it's like, look, I don't really want to talk about this. And it's because that I'm so resistant to th that negative feeling, but that is exactly where I need to go. It's exactly where I need to be so that I can learn how to allow it. You know, with all of the positive thinking memes you see on social media and all this, think positively and have positive emotions there's this misconception that that's what life coaching is all about. It's only about feeling positive and finding ways to feel positive and only focusing on pos positive affirmations. Now, this could be a large piece of it. And who doesn't want to feel great? But if someone is teaching you like we're supposed to be happy 100% of the time, be aware, this is a huge misconception. And what happens is when some of us don't feel positive, I mean, none of us feel positive all the time. And then we feel guilty about not feeling positive. I get this. A lot of my students have gone through my training and they've really learned how to manage their mind. And they think this means they should be able to feel positive all of the time and think positive thoughts all the time. Let me be clear. <laughs> Let me be really clear. Being alive on the planet, being here on earth, is not about feeling positive emotion all of the time. Maybe that's what heaven is for or some version of heaven where you imagine where we are when we're not alive and we're just all blissed out all the time. I try to imagine a simplified version of this. If you're happy all of the time, do you even know that you're happy? Because like everybody's just happy all the time. So how do you even know what happy is? Because you've not felt bad. Being able to feel happiness and recognize what it is requires that there has to be some unhappiness too for the contrast. There's no happiness without the other side of it. 
I think that we sometimes forget that. And I think we try to push away any kind of unhappiness or disappointment or fear. We especially don't post that stuff on Facebook. <laughs> we only want to present with our most happy, cheerful, lovely rainbow selves, right? Um, and we see this on Facebook. We see people who like their life is wonderful and it's happy, happy all the time. And then we begin to think that we're missing out because our life isn't happiness all the time. It's easy to get caught up in that. It's really, especially when you're in an industry, which is about making um, our good feelings great and taking ourselves to the highest level of that. I think we can end up believing that negative emotion is a contradiction to that. It's also easy to get so caught up in negative emotion because you're resisting it all the time. It just keeps pushing back at you harder and harder. And soon you're stuck in misery and that's what becomes your new normal. Who wants that? a constant downward spiral because now we're afraid of feeling happy for anything. Resisting the emotional pain, especially as widows when we lose our spouse and we resist all of that hurt and it keeps us wrapped up in it. Consider that maybe we're supposed to feel negative emotion half of the time. Now, I always tell my students, you're just going to feel like crap half the time, right? That's not really true. What happens is that the negative emotions are so intense, it feels like we're feeling the negative emotions half the time. But truly, it's only about one third of the time that those negative emotions are going to come through. Just the intensity of them makes it feel like half the time sucks, <laughs> okay? When I realize that we're supposed to have negative emotion, I immediately feel a sense of relaxation and peace, not only around my own, but also around other people in my life. Because I think it's so easy to expect everyone to be pleasant and lovely and in a good mood all the time. And then we get frustrated and upset when they're not. We also do the same to ourselves saying, oh, I should be positive 100% of the time. I should be just constantly happy and alive and grateful for what I do have. It's just not realistic, and I don't think it's healthy. I think having a full, healthy life means really embracing the contrast in the world. I think there's contrast in our world and it includes meaning negative emotion is part of our experience. And in fact, negative emotion can be part of our experience of happiness, it makes our happiness even better. You know, the first day that I spent um, at school where I became certified as a coach, my mentor, Brooke, was at the front of the room instructing. And she was wonderful to listen to. And what I especially loved about her was her ability to double over and belly laugh about something. I mean, she just laughed boisterously and freely. I remember sitting there thinking, first thought was, I haven't laughed like that in like forever, right? I had been widowed nine months when I walked into that classroom. And, but what I realized was it wasn't just the nine months since Jim died that I hadn't laughed like that. I hadn't laughed like that in like forever. And I wanted to feel free to laugh like that. And what I learned over the ensuing days of coach training and weight loss coach training, because I certified in both fields, was that I had narrowed down my entire emotional scale. I so avoided uncomfortable feelings by eating them down or finding any way possible to buffer out on my life so I didn't have to feel the ugliness of loneliness, boredom, stress, humiliation, anger, all of it. I also removed the other end of the emotional scale. I no longer felt over the moon about anything. 
my happiness was very subdued and reserved very english of me i am <laughs> and elation just didn't happen i for sure did not double over with laughter on a regular daily basis how sad is that and mostly i had created that through buffering out on my life for a long long time and by buffering out i mean when our lives are not perfect and we're afraid of feeling the uncomfortable emotions. We don't want to feel loneliness. We don't want to feel boredom. We don't want to feel the stress. We find ways that we can just tune out from it. One of the most common ways is to overeat. If you can go eat, I remember a friend saying this to me like, oh my gosh, I think we were 13 years old. And I really took it to heart. She said her brother had told her that eating was wonderful because nothing could go wrong while you were eating. You know, it's like just this natural process and really nothing can go wrong while you're eating. And that stayed with me. And I began um, going into that zone of overeating or turning to cookies or having a really stressful day at work, coming home and grabbing the bag of potato chips and eating the whole bag. And it was just my way of just tuning out on my life. We also do this, people do it through alcohol. People do it through shopping, compulsive shopping, because it makes you feel better in the moment. And that way you don't have to pay attention to what was not feeling good. So when we do that and we tune out on the uncomfortable emotions that we don't want to have to feel, we also remove our capacity to experience the other end of that scale, the contrasting end of the scale, which is elation and happiness and laughter, right? So shutting down on uncomfortable emotions will also shut down on the really, really good feeling emotions. And pretty soon you just have this little tiny range of emotion. You don't ever feel really bad, but you don't ever feel really happy either. The definition of happiness is not the absence of negative emotion and never experiencing negative emotion. It's not just being in a state of bliss all the time. It's not possible to exist in bliss without knowing sadness and feeling blue. I love the happiness and joy I feel when working towards my own potential as a coach. And of course, when working towards your own potential, you're going to be facing a lot of obstacles, obstacles that can also result in some uncomfortable emotions. But part of the joy of succeeding at something comes through being able to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable in the attempts. You have to be able to feel, feel fear. You have to risk failure and feeling disappointment and embarrassment and let down, but you allow yourself to feel those things or you risk feeling the emotions of struggling. And then when you finally succeed, you're going to get to feel that ultimate elation and joy. We have to get over the notion that we shouldn't have any negative emotion, that we should just skip our way through lives. You know, getting real here. When your spouse dies, you become very aware that every day is not just skipping along, but the majority of widows become stuck because they're too wrapped up in resisting the pain of loss instead of being able to lean into it and process it. When you can allow an emotion and just sit with it, thinking, so this is depressed or, okay, so this is what lonely feels like. It passes quickly. I mean, sure, it's going to return, but each wave of emotion is a little softer than the last. I think it's critical to learn how to process all those uncomfortable feelings if you're ever going to be able to laugh and feel joy again. The more you can allow negative emotion in your life, and understand that feeling bad is temporary and it passes, you're no longer fearful of anything that might make you feel uncomfortable. You actually become a total badass ready to tackle anything. You also find yourself able to double over in a good belly laugh. 
When was the last time you laughed so hard with a girlfriend that you were both wiping away tears and like holding on to each other so you don't fall to the ground? Right? That's where we want to be. Welcoming both sides of emotion into our lives is part of the human experience. It's what we're meant to feel here. You know, we also want to do this one-sided positive feelings thing with our kids. I mean, I really, really want my daughter to be happy all of the time. She's a grown woman now, and I still am this way. I have the sense that it would somehow make a better life for her. And I have to remind myself constantly that her ability to deal with negative emotion is going to come from experiencing negative emotion. And if I'm constantly trying to dismiss negative emotion or control her life in a way so she would never, ever experience negative emotion, she's going to miss out on half of the experience of being alive. So instead of trying to make her feel happy all the time, I'm better serving her by just being in total agreement when she's in negative emotion and honoring that for her. Show her how to just allow that emotion. And I'm sure it feels better to her, right? If she's on the phone with her mom and she says, I'm just really devastated by this. And I'm like, ooh, and I'm going to try to fix her right away. That's not what she needs at that time. That's not what she wants. She's going to be like, mom, lighten up. <laughs> what she needs is for me to acknowledge how the hell she feels. Like, yeah, oh God, that feels really awful. But it's going to be okay, right? You can feel awful with it and you'll come through it. And I'm here for you when you want to talk about it. That's it. We as widows can stay in our homes and never leave. So we'll be safe. We don't have to encounter anyone who's going to inquire about our spouse not knowing that he's dead. And then we have to say those awful words again. I know what that feels like. Like I avoided our favorite diner for a year because I just didn't know how it was going to feel to walk back in there without Jim, right? It's the diner that's like right up the road from where we live. It's where we would always go to in a pinch or on a whim. Let's go to the diner. Let's go have breakfast. And when I did finally, after a year later, I walked into that diner all by myself, which was really hard. And I sat down at a booth and the bus boy who had been there like forever and Jim had him trained. He always put a slice of lemon in Jim's water glass or two slices of lemon instead of just bringing a water glass. Anyway, he came over to the table and he said, Hey, where's Poppy? And I had to look up into his face. And even though it had already been a year, it was so hard to say that, to say, oh, he passed away last year, you know, and my, the bus boy, his face fell and I felt terrible for him. It was so hard to go in there and get past that emotion of it all. So we can like trap ourselves in our home and stay safe. And we would, um, we would never enter into any new relationships that would cause us pain. We can avoid experiences of contrast and negative emotion, but we're also going to be giving up on the full experience of being alive. And I think the more alive we're willing to be, the more negative emotion we're going to experience. I got through that first visit to the diner. I did. It felt hard. It also felt, um, very melancholy. It also brought back some great memories, right? The two of us doing Hamburger Tuesday every Tuesday night was hilarious. And we had so much fun with that. And now that I was able to experience that and I can be alive for that, I can go back into the diner. I can go into the diner and have breakfast on a whim, you know, and I don't experience the deep pain of going into the diner. I always feel a little nostalgic. I always remember Jim. I love it when I get to sit at the booth that was always like our booth. We had our booth at the diner, kind of in a little quiet back corner. And I love to sit in that booth. 
And I always sit on my side. I never sit on Jim's side of the booth. It's like he's there. He's still there. So, yeah. And I'm not to say that we don't create the negative emotion. It's like it didn't jump in from outside of me when I walked into that diner. We do create it. We create it with our thought patterns and with the way we think. But that doesn't mean that something is terribly wrong. It doesn't mean something's gone wrong because you're thinking something that makes you feel bad. I was thinking it's going to hurt so much to go back into that diner without Jim. That's what I was thinking. And it, yeah, made it hurt so much to go back in there. It kept me away from my favorite diner for a year. You know, a lot of times when we feel negative emotion, things are actually going terribly right. For me, feeling an uncomfortable emotion can be my indicator that it's time to connect with myself, to sit down for a minute, write in my journal, do a thought download to see what's going on with me. If I don't, I'm going to end up buying a pint of ice cream and eating the whole thing, <laughs> trying to escape it. So knowing that I'm feeling uncomfortable, it's like the little flag that comes up and goes, oh, it's time to pay attention to you. You know, what are you thinking? What's going on? I think that most of what I'm experiencing with my clients is what I would say is an epidemic of people resisting and avoiding their emotions. I think they are spending so much time trying to be happy without actually being happy and making the effort to do that by resisting anything that feels like a negative vibration in their body. And the way they're doing it is they pretend it's not there, push it away, avoid it. When I ask a client how something they're telling themselves in their head feels when they think that, they start telling me more thoughts because they're out of touch with how it actually feels in their body. They don't want to acknowledge it. I think that really understanding that the way to enjoy life is not by putting the brakes on negative emotion. And in fact, it's the opposite. It's by really opening ourselves up to diving into the negative emotion that gives us the full experience of what it means to be alive. I think that's how ultimate happiness comes about. When uncomfortable feelings can pass quickly, you feel the equal balance of like wonderment and happiness. I think the taste of what's true aliveness and true happiness can be. It's the way it's meant to be. And I know that sounds so foreign to some of you because you're so um, in pain over the loss of your spouse. I get it. Me too. It's still there. It's been three and a half years since, since Jim died and the emotions do still engulf me, but I can allow them. I can sit down and allow all of that sadness to come back and acknowledge it and move through it. And it passes through. Here's the flip side. You guys, I'm not in that misery all the time. I can feel joy. I can belly laugh. I can get together with my girlfriend. The other night we were together here singing and laughing at each other. And just, I mean, she was sliding off the sofa you know, have you ever had your friend laugh so hard she just like melts off the sofa onto your floor? <laughs> That's the way life is meant to be. That's the ups. One of the first things that we do with our clients as coaches is to help them understand where their feelings are coming from. And before they can know this, they first have to learn how to actually feel and process how they're feeling. They haven't established the skill of feeling and they haven't given themselves the time to actually experience negative emotion during their day. They're spending so much time avoiding it and compounding the emotional pain by resisting it. Especially true of widows with kids at home still. I see this all the time. They are so concerned about their kids and making sure their kids are okay because their kids just lost their dad. Like she is totally back burnering all of her emotions about this. 
And it's in her mind that she has to make sure her kids are happy 100% of the time instead of allowing them to process their own negative emotions and knowing that those negative emotions are just part of life. One of the questions we get asked sometimes is because we talk about contrast and we also talk about the resistance and what are the difference between the two. It's an important distinction. Clarify that contrast is how the world is set up. It's like the yin and yang of the world. There's positive and there's negative. You know, we live with darkness and light. It creates the contrast. And that's something that everybody will experience. It's the reality of, of this place that we live here on planet Earth. The resistance is our inability to accept that. The resistance is our desire to make that contrast not be true. And resistance creates so many problems because what it does, it denies truly our experience of being alive. And we spend so much time running away from ourselves and diving into unconsciousness with overeating or whatever way we're buffering out on our life. We miss not only the experience of being alive, but the experience of experiencing ourselves and what it's like to be alive inside our own body and experiencing everything. It's like we create this side life. That's whatever we do to avoid, right? Some people it's drinking, some people it's eating, some people it's overworking. And we pretend like this is our life as widows. We want our outward appearance to be like we have it all under control. We want to make it look like we're doing okay, especially when we have kids that we're trying to shield from negative emotion instead of supporting their experience of it. We create that experience as if it's our life while well, we're missing out on the true experience of emotion. One of the things I always teach my clients, and it sounds funny. I know it sounds all touchy feely guru but I teach them how to feel, right? I know it sounds like I'm learning to feel my feelings, but spending time with your feelings and even talking about them is how you really connect with yourself. Feeling your feelings is the most courageous thing anyone can do. And when you're willing to feel any emotion, that's when you're willing to take any action because you won't be afraid of the emotion that might accompany it. So many people, um, they resist failing at anything because it's going to feel uncomfortable. So they never take the risk. They never take that step to do something different because they're like, well, if I do and it fails, I'm going to look really stupid. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be so disappointed. They don't want to risk feeling those things. So they just fail ahead of time. They fail by not trying. It's like, this is a huge risk and I'm going to look really stupid if it doesn't turn out right. And so they don't do it and they miss out on like the career of their life, right? Or they miss out on a chance that if they had taken it, maybe it was flipping a house and they thought this is an insane risk and I'm just afraid how awful I'm going to feel if I lose all my money in this house and nobody buys it. So they don't do it at all. And the next person comes along and says, I'm going to take that chance. And they make $100,000 on fixing up this dump house and reselling it. So the person who never tried and chose to fail ahead of time, what they actually missed out on was not feeling defeat or embarrassment. What they missed out on was $100,000. If you become fearless of the feelings that can go along with failure, you can create so much success in your life. It's incredible because you are not afraid of the failures and you're willing to experience the failures. You know, they tell you when you, if you study people who are like super successful, they have failed over and over and over. They experience that failure over and over and over. But for every five failures, they have one great whopping success. And that's like makes it all worth it. One of the things I want to suggest 
that you can practice doing is taking the time each day, like even just 10 minutes and allow yourself to feel any negative emotion that you're feeling, right? When I was coaching weight loss clients, the way I had them do that is to notice when they wanted to overeat, but they weren't really hungry. It's like almost like fog eating. Fog eating is when, oh gosh, I used to do it. I would like grab a box of better cheddars and be eating in front of the TV thinking I'm going to have just a few better cheddars, but pretty soon my hand hit the bottom of the box. I was so checked out on my life. I was checked out on my own emotional experience. I was checked out on even tasting the better cheddars, like the whole box. I ate them. I didn't even taste them or notice them. I asked my weight loss clients to practice for 10 minutes instead of eating, instead of avoiding, if they were feeling like they wanted to eat and they weren't truly hungry, to take 10 minutes to just feel whatever emotion they were feeling at that time. And the way I have them do that is by sitting down and describing how the emotion feels inside their body. And what is this that we're trying so hard to escape from? What is so awful that we have to eat the whole box of better cheddars? What we realize is because we've been resisting our emotion for so long, we don't even know what it's like to experience the emotion. We only know what it's like to resist it and avoid it. So for many of us, this experience of taking a moment and to be in the discomfort of a negative emotion, it's the first time we've ever done it. It's the first time we ever sat down and said, let me just feel this. And if you give yourself a, a certain period of time every day to just allow whatever a negative emotion you're feeling come up and just to experience the flow when you fully accept it and you actually will learn the skill of how to feel a negative emotion. You'll learn how to feel a negative emotion and you also learn how to feel the opposing positive emotion. You're going to learn how to feel. Many of us have learned how to resist emotion and avoid emotion for so long, we literally don't know how to feel. And the best way to do anything is to do it and do it consistently. 10 minutes a day. When you feel yourself wanting to escape, you know what it is that you do when you try to escape from yourself. Think about it. Like maybe you eat, maybe you just turn on something on Netflix to binge watch. Maybe you just scroll Netflix, uh, Facebook endlessly. Instead of doing that, invite whatever ugliness you think is inside of you. And I say ugliness in air quotes. You can't see my air quotes because it's a podcast. <laughs> but invite whatever ugliness you think is inside of you to come up and just notice it with fascination and curiosity. Don't have judgment about yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. This is like, this is being human. This is the human response. Let me see what's going on here. You know, for some of you, it could be rage. For some of you, it could just be sadness, deep depression. Maybe it's the loneliness since your spouse died. Can you give yourself 10 minutes to experience that emotion in its purity? And really notice what it feels like and to experience it. See, how long does it last? Do you know how long a negative emotion lasts? Most of you are going to say no, because you've never allowed it to come through. Right? When I was feeling that deep gut sadness after Jim passed, and instead of resisting it, I just allowed myself to feel it. And the way I did that is anytime I felt it come up, it would come in waves and I could name it. In my mind, I would just say, this is sad. This is deeply sad. And I would relax my body because all emotions grow when you resist, when you tense up. You know, when you hide it and when you pretend it isn't there, it feeds the negative emotion. Instead, if you just allow the sadness 
if you just allow the sadness and you don't treat it as anything less than, meaning sad is just as much part of your human experience as happiness, you can move through it. My own coach talked about her experience with feeling shame. Shame and humiliation are tough to allow. And she shared with me the way Brene Brown says this. She says, if you are a human being, you're going to experience shame. The smartest, most talented, most successful people in the world experience shame. The only people that don't experience shame are sociopaths. (laughs) So if you can embrace shame, As if, okay, this is good news. I'm not a sociopath. I'm a human being. Then you're going to allow it in a way you wouldn't have before. When you think about, okay, Oprah Winfrey experiences shame, right? My favorite singer in the world experiences shame. The most beautiful woman in the world experiences shame. Whoever you look up to the most, they experience shame. People that you love the most in the world, all of them, we're all in this together. We're all experiencing it together. Then when I think about that, I can really allow it to come in and I can name it and notice it's just a vibration in my body. Nothing other than that. It makes my heart open, even though I'm experiencing shame. You know, it makes me feel courageous at the same time because I'm allowing it to come in and I feel strong because it's like I'm capable of experiencing this emotion like shame and I don't have to resist it. When my first online webinar was a catastrophe and it was, I don't know if you're listening and you were one of the people who came into that first webinar. I don't know. It was a few years ago. I was so embarrassed and I remembered the lesson of shame and I knew that I was not alone in failures as an entrepreneur. So I immediately mustered up some courage and I clicked on Facebook live. You guys, I went on live video to all of my friends, my fellow coaches, my followers, to talk about what an epic failure my webinar had been. I even started chuckling because I said, if failure is the price of success, people, I'm on my way. (laughs) And you know what happened? All that embarrassment dissipated. was gone before I was even halfway through that quick Facebook Live. The quickest way through embarrassment or shame is to share it seriously because everybody has experienced that. And this opens me up so much more than when I try to resist it and try to close it down. You know, after I logged off on that horrible webinar that was such a technical disaster, I really wanted to just go sit under my desk and hug my knees to my chest, shut out the world. But instead, I shared it and I actually started to feel lighter about it and was able to laugh about it and even able to recognize that this failure of a webinar is going to make me so much better the next time I do it. I made space for the negative vibration in my body. I opened myself up at the same time to positive vibration because I wasn't shutting it down. What I noticed with intense emotions is I can experience it. I can experience them intensely for like 24 hours because when I used to resist them, that's how long they would keep coming, right? But it comes in waves and each wave lasts about 60 seconds, but it just keeps coming back and back and back the wave. And I know that it's coming back because of what I'm thinking. And I kept thinking about the thing that was causing me to feel badly. But if my thinking is causing the intense emotion, isn't there a way to think my way out of it? Shouldn't I think my way out of it? But when we feel that way, when we have those thoughts, that's like something is wrong with us. Our inclination is to go hide, right? Go crawl under your desk and hug your knees to your chest. Because when I was feeling embarrassment over my webinar, 
and I allowed myself to feel it. And I had the opposite experience. I knew that there was healing for me in sharing that experience, right? Then I noticed as the embarrassment began to dissipate because I allowed it, it turned into compassion. That was, that surprised me. I wasn't expecting it because when I think that all of us are experiencing embarrassment or shame as the human experience, I looked around and I felt so much love from my online community, right? The first response I got from my Facebook live when I was saying my webinar was such an epic failure. Let me tell you about the day in the life of a life coach. And the first response I got was one of those little hearts that people click on and the hearts float up on the screen. Like somebody was sending me love. And at that moment, it's all I needed because I was condemning myself so much. And that's why I was experiencing the embarrassment and to know someone else loved me. It was like everything in that moment. And when I was done experiencing the embarrassment of my own failure, I was also aware of how deep, deeply compassionate I was feeling towards anybody else experiencing the same. That level of compassion has stayed so deep for me through that experience. It's like turned into such an asset that when I see other people messing something up, I totally feel compassion. It's like, I have so been there, sister. <laughs> when someone comes to me and is saying they're feeling embarrassed or ashamed, really what they're saying to me is they're resisting the shame because they're continuing to feel it. And I hear them. I know what they're saying and I know how to help them. It's like I've been there, done that. And I felt my way through it. And when I think, I mean, think about this, you guys, how uncomfortable emotions can lead to such great compassion. Think about the beauty of this. I think this is why when I teach widows how to coach other widows, there is so much perfection in that. Because once my widow coaches have processed their own emotions, and we do as we go through this class, when you're learning to coach, I have you coaching yourself. I am coaching you, your fellow students are coaching with you, but you are all also self-coaching. And as you are able to move through those emotions, you're developing the compassion, even more compassion in how you can help the next widow move through that. And I think it's so much deeper when we've experienced what we experience, you know, the compassion is deeper. And really, there's no feeling of success or accomplishment if there's no such thing as defeat. We have these contrasting emotions that we want to dismiss, yet they're the ones that are creating the contrast for the emotions we most want to feel. Without one, you don't have the other. And that's the truth of it. That's like the truth of the world. The idea of disappointment, oh my gosh, nobody's going to be like, hey, can't wait to feel that, <laughs> right? Can't wait to feel disappointed. If we're willing to feel it, then our experience of desire and our experience of thrilling achievement is going to be intensified. I think by bringing in the whole experience and noticing that half of your emotions are going to be negative and that doesn't mean something has gone wrong. It doesn't mean you need to resist them. It just means you have to learn how to process them. You need to learn how to have the experience of the negative emotion and let it flow through you as part of your human experience. And you might think, if I'm going to be experiencing negative emotion half the time, I'm going to be surly. I'm going to be this negative, awful person to be around. And that's not actually true. Let me explain why. There's a huge difference between allowing yourself to feel a negative emotion and reacting to it. In fact, most of the time when you see someone who's in a bad mood, they're upset about something, they're kind of snarling at you about it. It's not because they're truly experiencing negative emotion. It's because they're resisting the negative emotion. That's what's making them lash out and react to it. If you can allow it, then 
You don't have to react to it. You know, it's the difference between the ugly cry and the pretty tears. I made my nieces laugh one day because I told them I had learned how to pretty cry. <laughs> and they thought that was hilarious. But here's what it is. Here's the truth. And I, this is something I learned in widowhood, you guys. One of the gifts of widowhood, right? Pretty tears. I found that it was when I was resisting crying. I was trying to hold back the tears. I was trying to hold down all that awful sadness and hurt and emotion that was about to well up, especially if I was in the company of another person, right? Somebody comes up at the wrong moment, puts their hand on your arm and says, so how are you doing? And man, it like wells up inside of you, this grisly lump in your throat. You can barely speak. And when you're trying to resist all that emotion and put it back down, but then it just bubbles up in you and it overflows. And you ugly cry. Seriously, that's the open mouth, face all scrunched up in red, right? It's the Lucille Ball ugly cry. But instead, when you can allow the emotions that come, right? It's like, oh, here I go. I'm going to cry. It feels really sad. And you just let it. Then the tears just start kind of like dribbling out the sides of your eyes. But you're not ugly crying, like you're not all squinched up, your face isn't all contorted, because you're not fighting against it, you're just allowing the tears. And I, you know, it sounds, it may sound really stupid, y'all, <laughs> it might, but I have to tell you, when I reached that point in my journey, and it wasn't immediately, I, I promise you, I ugly cried for a long time. I ugly cried a lot after Jim died. But when I crossed that point, when I realized I could allow the hurt to, to just come up, I could allow myself to just sit there and cry. It made such a difference. It made such a difference in how long I felt bad. It made such a difference in, oh my God, I cry all the time now too. It's like I turned on the faucet and now it happens, but I just let it. I can watch a TV show and cry. I can watch a TV commercial and cry. I can see something touching at the mall and cry. I just, it's like, okay, cry, just cry. It's part of who I am now. When I'm saying to experience negative emotion and give yourself the time to actually allow that emotion to come up, I'm not suggesting that you're reacting to the negative emotion. Okay. I'm suggesting you just let it be there. Let it be what it is. If it makes you cry, just let the tears come out. It's a very different energy. And I think in the beginning, it's really important to give yourself some time. Be like, okay, at noon, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to let this negative emotion come up right? If it doesn't come up and you know it's there because you were feeling bad, I suggest you sit down and do a thought download. I've talked about thought downloads before on this podcast. You just write down all of the negative thoughts that are in your brain and know that there will be some negative thoughts in there. There'll be some positive thoughts in there. That's okay. By pretending they're not there, you're not owning them and you can't change them. I will tell you that owning your own emotions will change your experience about emotion. I can't say that it'll always feel good because it won't. Most negative emotion doesn't. It doesn't feel great in our bodies, but it's part of the experience. And I think it's part of what it means to truly accept ourselves as we are. It's like when you're coming down with something, like you're at work and you know you're coming down with something, but you're trying to pretend you're not and you just keep working and try to ignore it, but it's going to get you, right? <laughs> it's like the flu or a cold. And when you accept that you really are coming down with a cold or the flu and you allow yourself to have sick time, then you can heal from it. You know, it's not going to last forever. It's going to pass through you. Your body will take care of it and then you'll move on. Emotions are really similar. Like when you know you're having a negative emotion, instead of pretending you don't have it and wear yourself out by pretending, just give in to it. 
You just allow it without reacting to it. You just be with it. I love the idea of just letting it be. Just be with whatever emotion is there for you right now. That's what it means to be alive. When you look, like look at the overall trajectory of your entire life. If you want the main experience to be some level of contentment and happiness, that includes accepting the emotion that you're feeling and not judging it as something that shouldn't be happening to you. Just allowing it as part of your experience of life. And it really will give you access to what you're thinking that's creating it without even trying to change it. Then you stop controlling everything around your life and you stop avoiding things that you may want to do because of your fear of negative emotion. The fear of feeling bad and the resistance to the negative emotion are much bigger problems than the actual emotion itself. So I hope this resonates with you a lot. You know, I feel like <laughs> doing some kind of sales speech on negative emotion. I'm selling negative emotions, right? Hey, come on. Let's all experience our grief and our sadness and our anger. Let's go all in. I think those emotions are very appropriate and very much a part of our journey as widows. And I don't know. I think that uh, having those emotions and allowing them is really sacred in many ways. Knowing that you're in a negative emotion and you're experiencing it and you're staying present with yourself. I think it's a sacred, wonderful experience and a skill you can develop and work on throughout your life. And the more you're willing to do it, the more vast your experience of life will be. Don't take my word for it. Try it out, right? Take 10 minutes today and sit with yourself and see what negative emotion comes up. And notice what it feels like. Like, where is it in your body? What's so awful about it that you're trying to avoid it? Is it really as bad as you've told yourself? Has resisting it been better than actually feeling it? Like, sit there and name it. And then notice how long it lasts. Are you willing to stay with it long enough to let the discomfort happen? And then come out the other side of it. It's part of being alive, you guys. You know, normally at the end of my podcast, I tell you all to get out there and find some joy in your life. This week, what I wish for you this week until I talk to you again is experiencing lots of negative emotion and allowing it. So thank you for listening. You know, it would be incredibly awesome if you could take a moment to write a quick review in iTunes on the podcast. I would love that. And if you have any questions or comments or even coaching issues you'd like to hear about on the show, visit me at joannethelifecoach.com. That's J-O-A-N-N, thelifecoach.com. And just look in the top menu, click on contact, and you can send me a little note right from my website. I will talk to you all again next week.